When you stop and think about all that's going on here in the good old USA today, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view, mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is The Truth Hurts Program. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It's July 23rd, 2020, and the tropics are starting to heat up. We'll see what happens there. I wanted to talk today about privilege. We hear everything about white privilege, white privilege, white privilege. Well, I wonder about other privilege. I looked up today on the World Wide Web, the Internet, and I found some very interesting information that I thought you might be interested in. We'll talk about that and some other touching topics right after this. You are listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Here's your host, Steve Z. A man walked into a doctor's office and the receptionist asked what he had. The man said, shingles. So she wrote down his name, address, medical insurance number, and told him to have a seat. Fifteen minutes later, a nurse's aide came out and asked what he had. The man said shingles, so she wrote down his height, his weight, his complete medical history, and told him to wait in the examining room. A half an hour later, a nurse comes in and asks what he had. The man said shingles. So the nurse gave a blood test, a blood pressure test, an electrocardiogram, told him to take off all of his clothes and simply wait for the doctor. An hour later, the doctor came in and found him sitting patiently in the nude and asked him what he had. Shingles, the man said. The doctor said, where? The man said, outside on the truck. Where do you want me to unload them? Putting things into perspective and doing it with style. This is the Truth Hurts program. Here's your host, Steve Z. According to the lawofficer.com website, Seattle Councilwoman proposes firing white police officers. I'll read the article. Seattle City Council member Lisa Herbold, with her nose ring, has people in both parties rolling their eyes after she suggested firing Seattle police officers because they are white. While the proposal has its political allies, 
It has also been soundly criticized for seemingly violating federal and Supreme Court precedent, barring racial discrimination. Seemingly violating? Come on, it's obvious. The article goes on to say, the issue stems from the Seattle City Council's pledge to cut the police budget in half, a move that would require the termination of a substantial number of police officers. Chief Carmen Best says Seattle's reckless budget cuts would lead to major layoffs for black officers. She doesn't mention that it would also lead to major layoffs for white officers. She just had to point out the one side, as is the way they do things in Seattle. In a letter to Mayor Jenny Durkin, Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best warned that such a completely reckless proposal of a 50% budget cut would result in the loss of many blacks and other minority officers. Herbold went public with her race-based firing plan. In a Twitter feed, it says, The council is continuing to work through the Seattle Police Department budget, and we are in the very beginning stages of developing proposals. I want to address some misinformation SPD leadership is prognosticating on. The content of budget cuts proposals have not been developed yet. She goes on to say, and my council colleagues work considering whether specialized police units are the best way to address needs around homelessness, mental health, and violence interruption. The Equal Opportunity Employment Commission, the EEOC, working under the stipulations established in Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, states explicitly, quote, It is unlawful to discriminate against any employee or applicant for employment because of race or color in regard to being hired, termination, promotion, compensation, job training, or any other term, condition, or privilege of employment, unquote. Critics of Herbold's plan, including constitutional law professor Jonathan Turley, point to both federal law and Supreme Court precedent as reasons why her stupidity will be constituted as racial discrimination. Jonathan Turley writes, In taking this position, Herbold is opposing one of the best-known opinions by Thurgood Marshall, In McDonald's versus Santa Fe Trail Transportation Company of 1976, Thurgood Marshall, the justice, wrote opinions that called for the broad interpretation of Title VII to protect everyone. In McDonald, the two white officers were fired after a theft in the business. Turley said the two white employees were held jointly and severally liable with a black employee. However, only the white employees were fired. After they sued under Title VII, Marshall wrote for the majority in denouncing such discrimination against the white employees, insisting that racial discrimination in private employment against whites must be on the same terms as racial discrimination against non-whites. Turley denounced the illogic and retaining guilty employees of one color while discharging those of another. He says that the Herbold plan is even more dubious given the fact that white officers who would be fired have not even been accused of any offense. Termination would be based on strictly race alone. And the idiocy continues. An organization in Portland, Oregon that offers child care in support of community organizing efforts posted an interesting message to their audience this week. 
They placed several images on their social media page that can best be described as a lie and worse, a direct attempt to malign law enforcement. One of the messages said, quote, Black people and other people of color get in trouble and even killed for doing things that white people are allowed to do every day, unquote. In a nice little post, there was a question. Are cops nice? The answer, police are nice to some people, but they are not nice to everybody. All people can be hurt by the police, but black people and other people of color get into trouble and even killed for doing things that most white people do every day. Of course, not one shred of evidence is cited for these scare tactics that the group is giving to children and to their parents. What exactly are white people allowed to do that blacks aren't? I'd love to know. No reason to answer the question because they didn't. There's another one that says, Cops on TV. Usually, police on TV shows are seen doing good deeds. Sometimes we like stories on TV even though though we know they're not true in real life. In real life, police don't follow the rules in the same way for everybody. Police are not fair about who they help and who they punish. Okay, let's get this straight. Live PD, cops, and a host of other TV reality shows aren't real? You mean it's all made up? You mean they're paying actors to ride around and crash cars and get arrested? And run from the cops and resist and throw drugs on the ground? Damn, I'm a member of the Background Actors Guild. I don't ever remember getting a casting call for something like that. One of the other signs that was posted on the social media page says, Choices. People can make bad choices and still be worthy of love. It's a choice to become a police officer. Good people can become police, but policing is not good for our communities. Police follow unfair rules. When someone becomes a police officer, their choice to follow the rules hurts some people. Ridiculous. No wonder kids grow up hating cops. Those that should be trusted the most, the guardians of our children, are teaching the crap that I just spewed to you. The only thing worse than what this group is doing is any parent who would allow their child to look at this drivel, this stupidity, this idiotic posting on a social media page. But then again, that's the narrative they're trying to push. Finally, someone is saying what we have all been thinking. Steve Z, telling it like it is. Speaking of spoiled little brats with absolutely no respect for the law, an employee at a New Jersey Starbucks in Park Ridge has been arrested and fired from his job after spitting in numerous drinks belonging to police officers, according to local authorities. I won't even mention this clown's name, but he was arrested Monday after it was determined he spat into the drinks of several officers at the Starbucks location in Park Ridge, New Jersey. Park Ridge Police Captain Joseph Rampolis said, Under the current COVID threat, it is extremely disturbing to think that someone would intentionally spit into your drink. It was unclear specifically how many drinks were contaminated due to this asshole's action. 
There goes another quarter for the swear jar. A spokesman for Starbucks said the employee's behavior was reprehensible and shared that the employee has been fired. Spokesperson for Starbucks said, quote, We will continue to support Park Ridge Police in their investigation and have a deep respect for the Park Ridge Police Department and the officers who help keep our partners and communities safe. We believe this was an isolated act, but it does not remove the shock and disgust that the officers feel. The officers who were possibly exposed to coronavirus in this saliva incident have been tested for the virus. The little asswipe was charged with subjecting a law enforcement officer to bodily fluid, purposely tampering with a law enforcement officer's drink, and creating a hazardous environment. Patrick Culligan, president of the New Jersey State Policeman's Benevolent Association, said in a statement, quote, officers risk their lives daily. It shouldn't be while getting coffee, unquote. I hope he has the crappiest lawyer in New Jersey, and he serves a lot of time for his stupidity. And after weeks, if not months, of being obstructed in their duties by none other than the mayor of the city of New York, the NYPD has begun the process of clearing out remaining protesters from an encampment in downtown Manhattan's City Hall Park, where the group has been camping out in tents for several weeks, causing and creating havoc, violence, riots, looting, arson, window breaking, theft, and other illegal activities. The NYPD moved in shortly before 4 a.m. around Chambers Street and began the process of pushing out the protesters. The group has camped out in the City Hall Park since the middle of June, demanding defunding of the police. Let's see, what else is going on there? 70 people were left, protesters and homeless individuals, as of Wednesday morning's eviction action. At 7 a.m., seven people were taken into custody, police said, and charges were pending against them for resisting arrest and assault of a police officer. And I can't seem to find it, but it looked like a taxi driver did a driving tour on Monday through Manhattan, one of the normally busiest places on planet Earth, where usually you see four wide rows of endless taxi cabs, livery vehicles, Uber and Lyft drivers, and regular cars, and buses, and delivery trucks, and bustling, very filled sidewalks. But it literally looked like a post-apocalyptic ghost town as this driver drove through for four and a half minutes with a dash cam commenting about all the businesses that were boarded up, all of the broken windows, all of the looted locations. And he kept referring to the fact that the media is not reporting this. Manhattan is a ghost town, the driver said many times, as he pointed out Saks Fifth Avenue, Macy's, the Rolex store, and other high-end retailers in Manhattan, normally bustling with customers and employees, currently in lockdown for the coronavirus and for fear of looting, riots, anarchy, breaking and entering, whatever other damn word you want to call it, Manhattan was empty and boarded up like a New Orleans French Quarter Street just before a Category 5 hurricane. 
They wonder why the economy is faltering. They wonder, and yet the mayors and the police chiefs of these Democrat-run cities continue to force the closure of the cities for a virus with less than a .0038% fatality rate based on the projected number of actual people with the COVID virus. The blame should be placed squarely upon the violent protests that those police chiefs have allowed to continue at the direction of those Democrat-controlled city mayors who allow these animals to run loose, wild, on anarchist, protested, rioted, looted, arsonist destruction sprees throughout these towns. It's a damn shame. According to the Food and Drug Administration, the list of hand sanitizers, some sold at Walmart, Costco, and other national chains, that are being recalled has now been increased to 75 different brands. According to the FDA, toxic levels of wood alcohol in them can cause injury or death. That's why you gotta watch what moonshine you drink, I guess. The FDA said there has been an increase in hand sanitizers that are labeled to contain ethyl alcohol or ethanol, but have actually tested positive for methanol, with an M, wood alcohol. If methanol is absorbed through the skin, it can cause blindness and hospitalizations, or if someone accidentally ingests it, it could cause death. Unfortunately, there are some companies taking advantage of the increased usage of hand sanitizer during the coronavirus pandemic, and they're putting lives at risk by selling products with dangerous and unacceptable ingredients. Consumers and healthcare providers should not use methanol-containing hand sanitizers, according to FDA Commissioner Steve Hahn. Peter Pitts, a former FDA Associate Commissioner and President for the Center for Medicine in the Public Interest, said... Selling these hand sanitizers is like selling an unapproved drug. I guess that's why you don't drink that wood-based moonshine there, fellas. Some of the products wind up on store shelves because companies are skirting around the usual steps to ensure product safety, they said. When you're in a large company or even a small company and you're buying products in bulk, as sanitizer is purchased, you need to understand the province of that product provenance of that product, excuse me, where it was manufactured, where, whether or not it's been approved under good manufacturing standards, and this was clearly ignored. BJ's whole club, uh, Wholesale Club recently recalled Blue Men Clear Advanced Hand Sanitizer with 70% alcohol due to its methanol content out of an abundance of caution. 4E Brands request members discontinue the product immediately dispose of it in accordance with local regulations. I don't hear of them calling for a refund, though. The FDA warned about nine such products made in Mexico back in June, and since then, dozens more have been added to the list. It's unclear how the products are landing in U.S. stores, but there may be scores of new hand sanitizer brands on the market since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. The list includes Blue Men Products, Klar and Danver Instant Hand Sanitizer, labeled with Greenbrier International, Modessa Instant Hand Sanitizer, Moisturizers and Vitamin E Products, 
Hello Kitty by Sanrio Hand Sanitizer. No, not Hello Kitty. And Assured Aloe. Now, for, for, for a complete list of the banned hand sanitizers, you can go to the FDA website at fda.gov. So, just be careful with what you put on your hands and, of course, what you put into your mouth. He's like that crazy smart and funny cousin who always spoke his mind. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts. Let's talk about privilege on the other side. Privilege is when you get a pass just because of the color of your skin, just because no one wants to stir the pot and anger the 13%. Democrat Stacey Abrams owes over one half a million dollars in unpaid taxes, not including interest and penalties. The Reverend Al Sharptongue owes over one million dollars plus interest and penalties. New Orleans Democrat Mayor LaToilet Cantrell owes back taxes. Mary J. Blige had a tax lien of over $900,000 on her property. Dionne Warwick's tax death was a million. Comedian David Atkins, better known as Sinbad, owed $8 million in unpaid taxes. Rapper R. Kelly has racked up over $6 million in unpaid taxes from 2005 to present. Comedian Chris Tucker owes over $12 million. Lionel Richie owes over a million bucks to Uncle Sam, and rapper Stanley Burrell, a.k.a. MC Hammer, filed for bankruptcy to avoid paying his almost $1 million in back taxes. Kimberly Denise Jones, a.k.a. Leo Kim, who ain't so little anymore, by the way, she owes over a million as well. Since we're on the topic of fake names, Earl Simmons better known as rapper DMX, owed $1.5 million and filed bankruptcy to shield him from the feds. Rapper Lauren Hill served three months in jail for tax evasion and paid almost a million bucks back in 2013. Rapper Nas owes over $6 million. And Jesse Jackson Jr. served jail time after a guilty plea for his illegal tax dealings. Oh, and don't forget actor Wesley Snipes. Remember, he was on the hook for over $17 million in back taxes, interest, and penalties. That's a lot, a lot, a lot, of money that these privileged entertainers and politicians of color owe the federal government. Just think of all the welfare checks that these millions and millions of dollars in tax money owed by the privileged politicians and entertainers of color could fund. Think about how many food stamp cards could be replenished, how many Section 8 housing vouchers, how many lives could be made better if these privileged individuals would simply pay their fair share. When you join a group of protesters, 
you become a de facto protester, right? The mayor of Portland, Oregon found this out the hard way when he was allegedly sprayed with tear gas as he stood at a fence guarding the federal courthouse in Portland on Tuesday night. Democrat Wheeler dealer Ted Wheeler reported that the Trump federal security forces sprayed a crowd with tear gas and deployed what he called stun grenades into the crowd. The white pandering mayor was heard shouting, Black Lives Matter! as he pumped his fist in the air in the symbolic black power hate salute. Wheeler has opposed federal agents being deployed to his city to do the job of protecting a federal courthouse on federal property, while the mayor himself refuses to allow city police into the area to prevent looting, riots, arson, property damage, and others, other illegal activities. Remember, it's a federal facility. If you won't protect it, the feds will. Oh well, Teddy Pooh, I guess you get what you deserve. Remember, it was Teddy Pooh who ordered the cops to use tear gas on demonstrators weeks before the federal security agents ever arrived. I guess tear gas Teddy finally got a taste of his own medicine. The Portland mayor is opposed to having federal agents in his city to protect their federal courthouse. He has called the protests peaceful, even though hundreds have been injured in rioting. And as David Morrell, an attorney for the U.S. government, said, the courthouse didn't damage itself. Those federal agents inside did not attack themselves. He rightly called the protests, quote, dangerous and volatile, unquote. When will they learn? Political commentator Torin Dyson wrote in a Newsmax article about naughty Nancy Pelosi and her offensive comments to the Jewish people worldwide. The article says, The Conference of Jewish Affairs has called the use of the term stormtroopers by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, in reference to the federal officers sent to Portland to quell violent protests in the city, quote, offensive to Jews across the world, unquote. Pelosi recently called agents from the Department of Homeland Security stormtroopers and claimed they were kidnapping people on the streets. In a tweet, Pelosi wrote, unidentified stormtroopers, unmarked cars, kidnapping protesters, and causing severe injuries in response to graffiti. These are not the actions of a democratic republic. DHS Gov's actions in Portland undermine its mission. Trump and his stormtroopers must be stopped, unquote. First of all, naughty Nancy, these protesters are not just painting graffiti. They're breaking windows. They're setting fires. They're assaulting people. They're committing theft. They're committing property damage. They're committing assault and battery. The Conference of Jewish Affairs condemned the stormtroopers' term as a vile insult towards federal officers helping to keep peace in the streets. Quote, Nancy Pelosi's deliberate use of the term stormtroopers to describe America's homeland security officers quelling riots and protecting people in Portland is a vile accusation against our good officers and is offensive to Jews across the world, unquote, according to Rabbi Aryeh Spiro. 
He goes on to say, Speaker Pelosi must know that the stormtroopers were Hitler's private regiment to round up innocent Jews and ship them off to concentration camps, unquote. Customs and Border Patrol Commissioner Mark Morgan said on Wednesday, for her to refer to those men and women as stormtroopers is absolutely disgusting. And earlier this week, DHS head Chad Wolf rejected any reference to his officers being called stormtroopers. Wolf said they are civilian police officers. These officers are not stormtroopers. He's ready to withdraw his officers if the violence stops. Rabbi Spiro said this type of inflammatory language should not be used by someone in a high political stature and influence, such as Naughty Nancy. He said, quote, Over the last few years, Speaker Pelosi's language has become dangerous, exploitative, and is designed to incite anger and perhaps violence within segments of our population. Her temperament has become too off the wall for someone so close to the presidency. Unquote. We'll be right back. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. Telling it like it is. What's better than next day Amazon delivery? How about same-day Amazon looting? Rioters tied to the BM, uh, excuse me, the BLM <laughs> and Antifa movements were seen on video July 19th breaking into the Amazon Go location in downtown Seattle's Capitol Hill area. You remember Capitol Hill in Seattle where the Chaz and the Chop was held. A Twitter post video by at Katie Davis Court has been seen by tens of thousands. At Jason Rance on KTTH Radio reported, quote, Seattle anti-cop protesters just destroyed the storefront to an Amazon Go location on Capitol Hill, and Seattle police are not allowed to engage and arrest. It's dangerous, and Mayor Jenny Durkin doesn't want arrests, unquote. Doesn't want arrests? Mayor Jenny Durkin, the Democrat mayor of Seattle, doesn't want the cops to do their jobs? What about the employees? What about the company who just got royally screwed because the mayor doesn't want any official arrest records for protesters? She doesn't want to give the federal government any official documentation to support their stepping in to restore order. Who actually loses in a scenario like this? Well, here's the list. First, Amazon. Ah, they're a big company, so no big deal, right? Wrong. They're a big company that millions of Americans buy from. And when a couple of million dollars of damage occurs to one of their locations, they pass the cost on to you and to me. Okay, second group of losers. The Amazon employees at that location. Certainly, they can't go to work when work has been destroyed. So they get screwed. How about the Amazon customers who ordered items and were going to go to that location to pick them up? Guess what? Some thugs have stolen your items, so you can't get them. How about the entire neighborhood? Because until this crap stops, the entire area 
will be the scene of zero business. Who the hell wants to go down and try and conduct business in an area where you might be pulled from your car and beaten with a club just because of the color of your skin? Hey, sounds familiar? I seem to remember back in the 70s and the 80s, some people claiming they were pulled from their cars and dragged behind a pickup truck because they were black. Well, now it's the opposite, but it's okay. The BM movement. Yes, I said BM. I leave the L out because a BM is pretty much what I think the whole damn thing is. Because of the so-called peaceful protesters, Amazon's Go location is now closed. Because so many of the so-called peaceful protesters were supposedly non-blacks just trying to get in on the action of looting, the message of the anti-police killing of unarmed black men is now being diluted by the idiotic looting caused by people co-opting the protests. Oh well, I guess the BM movement loses as well. Faith King, a journalist for Channel 19 News in Kentucky, did a story that I'd like to share with you in case you haven't heard. The COVID-19 craziness has officially gone off the deep end, and one Kentucky family is ankle deep in the mess. Earlier in July of this year, Elizabeth Linscott had a COVID-19 test done. She wanted to be sure prior to her planned visit to see her parents and grandparents in Michigan. She said, my grandparents wanted to see me, so just to make sure if they tested negative that they would be okay, everything would be fine. Linscott tested positive for COVID-19. She said she had no symptoms, being a young mother, And the health department contacted her a day or two later, requesting that she now sign some documents limiting her travel anywhere outside of her home unless she first calls the health department for permission to leave. Of course, she chose to not sign these documents. According to Linscott, the document said that if she had to go to the ER or the hospital or anywhere else, she would first have to call the health department and wait for approval to leave her home. And that, of course, did not sit well with her. A couple of days after refusing to sign the self-isolation and controlled movement agreement order, the Hardin County Sheriff's Office arrived at her doorstep without advanced warning. Linscott, her husband, and her daughter were at home. Linscott said, I opened the door and there were like eight people from five different cars and a guy in a suit with a mask from the health department and he had three sets of documents. One for me, one for my husband, and one for my daughter. They were ordered to wear ankle monitors. You know, like the ones prisoners on house arrest have to wear to track their movements. If the Linscotts travel more than 200 feet from their home, alarms go off at local law enforcement, and a local law enforcement officer will be notified and come to return the Linscotts to their home. Elizabeth Linscott said, We didn't rob a store. We didn't steal something. We didn't do a hit and run. We didn't do anything wrong. The couple said they never denied self-quarantining. They just didn't agree with the wording of the documents. Linscott said, That's exactly what the Director of Public Health Department told the judge, that I was refusing to self-quarantine because of this, and that was not the case at all. I never said that, unquote. The Linscotts' 
plan on getting an attorney, and journalists have reached out to the Hardin County Health Department but have not yet heard back. This is what it's come to. Now listen, I do agree she had tested positive. She should have to self-quarantine for 14 days. She should have called mom and dad and grandma and said, sorry, can't come, got the COVID. But taking it to the level of ankle monitors is a gross and blatant overreach on the part of the government. The teachers' unions in several states have recently come out in support of defunding the police. Remember, these are the people teaching your children. What's amazing is that it is one union demanding the defunding of another union's membership. So, as I predicted early on, they've now begun to eat their own and eat each other. I guess the police union needs to now come out with a saying that we won't go into a school and support a teacher if she's being attacked. When young folks in schools decide this year that, hey, it's okay for everybody to riot and protest, so let's rail against the teachers this year, if the schools are actually allowed to reopen, that is. Remember, Teachers Union, there won't be any cops to pull that sweet little student off of you and protect you from the violence that is now considered totally acceptable behavior. Be careful what you wish for, teach. Dumbass. We'll be right back. Steve Z is saying what you know you are thinking. This is the Truth Hurts program. Do you have a neighbor you don't like very much? Are you bored with all the quarantines, lockdowns, restrictions, and unemployment caused by COVID-19? Here's what I do for entertainment. I call my local florist and order a beautiful bouquet of fresh-cut flowers. And I have them sent to my next-door neighbor with a note that reads, The other night was wonderful. Can't wait to see you again. I miss you already. Then... I go sit out on my back patio with an adult beverage and listen to his wife for hours of entertainment that cost less than 30 bucks. That was sent to me by one of my listeners. I just couldn't resist. I had to share that one with you. For those ignorant idiots in America calling for the end of policing, remember the following. If it happens, there will be nobody to respond. When you find out that your two-year-old was raped by your boyfriend, there will be nobody to respond. When your husband or your boyfriend who beats you regularly gets a little bit more intoxicated tonight and beats you unrecognizable and leaves you on the floor gurgling in your own blood, there will be no one to call for help. When someone pulls up in a van in broad daylight and takes your 15-year-old daughter to sell her into the sex trade, shooting her full of drugs raping her repeatedly, there will be no one to respond to your call, to your cries, to your pleas for help. When you watch a woman leave a bar, unable to stand properly on her own, and you watch her get into her car and drive off, there will be no one to respond when she hits a young family head-on that just left the hospital with their newborn in the back seat. When that child is left in a hot car in 100-degree weather, there will be no one to call. When you pull up and there's an infant screaming in its car seat, the parents are in the front seat with needles hanging out of their arms, you'll call, but no one will respond. 
When you come home after working all day and you find the nice things you finally were able to afford have all been stolen. Some animal is crapped on your couch and pissed in your fridge, vomited on your baby's bed. Don't bother calling 911. There'll be nobody there. When you get your car crashed into at an intersection and the other driver decides to pull you out of your car and beat you senseless, don't expect anyone to respond. When some thug walks into your business, pushes a gun into your belly and takes all the money from your cash register and then a pack of smokes on the way out, don't waste your time calling. There'll be no one there to react. And also, if your house catches fire during a riot, don't bother to call the fire department because they will not respond while anarchy is underway. Remember, firemen have no way to protect themselves. You're screwed. And if your dad is having a heart attack or your mom is choking to death and you live near one of these areas of unrest, lawlessness, and peaceful protesting, the ambulances, the EMTs, the EMSs, they're not coming out either. They don't carry guns and they're not going to respond without police protection. So give dad or mom a hug, a kiss on the cheek, and tell them you love them. Tell them goodbye. Tell them you're sorry you supported defunding the police. Many police officers nationwide have walked off the job, taken their early retirement, and gotten the hell out of Dodge. People are calling for help, but no one is responding. Cops all over the nation are walking away because they're sick and tired of willingly risking their lives for people in a nation that chants for their death and praises when one of them draws their last breath. They're tired of going out to protest only to be told by their superiors, their chiefs, their superintendents, their mayors, and their city councils to just stand there. Stand there and be spat upon. Stand there while bricks and bats and bottles and rocks are thrown at them. Stand there and do nothing. Hey, listen, if you know someone in law enforcement, give them a hug, buy their lunch, leave a nice note on their car, do something to tell cops how grateful you are that they're still there. You may not have a chance to do it for much longer. For years, they've answered the calls. For years, they've held their dying brothers. For years, they've saved abused children. They've gone home with the war continuing in their mind. And they do it for a very low rate of pay. And now when they go home, they have to wonder if next week they'll be defunded and unemployed. Hug a cop while you still can. And this, my friends, unfortunately, is the truth. And as always... The truth hurts. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. If you don't, keep it to yourself. This is a Truth Hurts program. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hopefully, we have provided you with engaging, enlightening, and educational information that will allow you to make informed decisions. I know you may not necessarily agree with everything I say, but that's okay in America. The right to express your opinion is guaranteed in the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Just as I respect your right to your opinion, I expect you to respect my right to my opinion. 
That's how it works. When all is said and done, usually more is said than is ever done. So if you are actually going to go out and do something today, please make it a worthwhile endeavor. Until next time, this is the Truth Hurts Program. Thank you.